the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday to you. It's always good to be with you from 3 to 5. We take issues of the day and look at them from a Christian perspective. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. And maybe it is a happy Monday for you in a certain way because you took your kids to school and summer vacation is over for you today. Or maybe you are a child, you're listening, and you've just been picked up by your parents and today is not a happy day. Or you're going to start school later this week. Anyway, schools are all coming back into session and like it or not, that's where what is going on. Class is now in session for more than a half a million LA Unified students. Today is their first day back to school and things may look a bit different this year. All right, so how are things going to be different? Well, I think every school district is a little bit different. Do you remember your first days back at school? What was that like? To me, it bugs me that we don't start, that, that school starts so early. I mean, some schools have already been in since the beginning of August here in the Southland. Some are starting, seems like every day there's a new school uh, system that is starting up in different ways. My kids are back this week, and uh, it seems to me it's just always a crime that it used to be that you go to school the day after Labor Day. I mean, wasn't that how it was when you grew up? I don't know when this started, that it moved back into August. And I suppose for it's moving summer vacation back into May. Do you like that or do you not like that? This is the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Here is some of the reporting on the first day of school in LA Unified on KTLA in Los Angeles. School is back in session. Nearly 500,000 students within LAUSD. 500,000 students in LAUSD. That's just one school district. It's a monster first day back. They're excited. They're nervous. We've been talking to some students, some parents, and they were saying, gosh, summer just went by so fast. But here we are. We mentioned the superintendent several times just a few seconds ago. And like I said, he's been visiting all these different campuses. And he says this year, the district is focusing on accelerating the success of every student. He also- Well, that's a good, uh, a good idea. It did seem to go fast. That's what my kids, both of them said to me this morning, it just went so fast. You know, and it was like three months, two and a half months, however long it is. It did seem like it went fast, though. I get it. Uh, Were you excited about going to school when you got your first day of school? I think some people are excited. Some people are not. I was never excited about it. My first day of school every year from kindergarten, maybe kindergarten. I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember going in to kindergarten my first day and sort of meeting people. And uh, but I don't remember much about it, but I do remember a a sense of dread going back to school. That was me. But other people, other kids I know, they just look forward to going back to school. I think it's just a a personality thing. I did fine in school and it was fine, but uh, there was definitely a set of dread. Anyway, one of the things that we hope happens in schools is that kids actually get educated. 
And that is a big issue in our country today, whether or not we're educating kids or just graduating them. The state's, uh, the LAUSD superintendent had a few things to say today. Here's the continuing of the report. Also says the district is starting the year fully staffed and that there's a renewed focus on safety. We know last year students and families were faced with unsafe pedestrian crosses to and from campuses. So in response, the district hired a number of crossing guards reaching the highest number in at least a decade. Now, there are a couple of things to watch for this school year. There's a big push to boost attendance, and then there's going to be a lot of four-year-olds on campus with the district offering its transitional kindergarten program. We spoke to the superintendent earlier this morning. He shares how the district is preparing not just for the first day of school, but for the entire school year. Here's what he had to say. 520,000 students, over 70,000 professionals. This is like the reawakening of the sleeping giant called LAUSD from its summer nap. And look, we are ready. We spent the summer preparing for this remarkable school year. It's a year of acceleration. Uh, we have before and after school programs, arts programs, dual language programs, high dosage tutoring, free breakfast and lunch and snack for every single kid. Critically important because we cannot teach the hungry kid. They cannot teach the hungry kid. That's definitely true. How many kids is it really not possible to be fed before you go to school or pack a lunch? I mean, every kid had somebody packing a lunch, right? There was This was done when I was a kid. We didn't have free lunch when I was a kid. I don't think anybody did. I don't think the school offered it. I don't think it was a thing. 888-528-2557. And this gets into some of the, uh, the more complicated situations, the things that we really need to address. Last fall uh, or last uh, winter, uh, LA Times reported that in LAUSD, the test scores are super low, but grades are super high. And this was kind of the disconnect that was going on. In math, according to the LA Times, 73% of 11th graders earned A's, B's, and C's, but test scores showed only 19% met grade level standards. How is it that almost all of the uh, 11th graders got A's, B's, and C's, but only 19% actually tested uh, with enough skill for an 11th grader? Something's wrong there with the grade system, right? Something isn't, that doesn't connect. For eighth graders, 79% earned A's, B's, and C's in math. Test scores showed only 23% met grade level standards. 23% of eighth graders, only 23% are meeting eighth grade standards in math right here in Los Angeles. That's horrific. Can we not push this under the table? Can we not slide, can we actually focus in this area? This is a, these statistics are horrific. In English, 85% of sixth graders earned A's, B's, and C's. 85%, A, B, and C, good. 40, only 40% made grade level standards. So 60% of sixth graders are not doing English at a, uh, at a sixth grade level. We're already failing the kids so early. For seventh graders, 82% earned A's, B's, and C's in English, and test scores showed that only 43% uh, met standards. Um, don't you think this is significant? What I, what I think that we are doing is we have confused graduation for education. I think that we have a goal to raise the number of people who are graduating from schools that this is the mindset, that we want to graduate kids. We want them to be graduated. We want to hand them the diploma. We want the graduation rates to go up. And so what we've done in the classroom on a regular basis is we've lowered the standards. We've made it easier to get A's, B's, and C's for whatever the reason is. But we're not really teaching the kids math, science, English, 
whatever it is, because when they actually take a test or when they actually come out of the classroom, they are unable to do it. See, and, and that's education. Education is being able to do it. Education is graduating the eighth grade or promoting the eighth grade. I come from a, a time when we graduated the eighth grade. I graduated, but uh, I know it's a funny thing because my wife hates that. She was promoted. No, you're, you're not graduating anything at the eighth grade. You're just going into ninth grade. For me, I'm, I'm a graduate, right? I had the little hats. We turned the tassel. We did the whole thing. Uh, you might be in a different page with that. But either way, when you get out of the eighth grade, shouldn't you have an eighth grade education? Shouldn't you be able to read at an eighth grade level on average? Shouldn't we be able to do math at an eighth grade level on average? See, that's the difference. This is education. In the LA Times, Robin Lake, the director of a research group called the Center for Reinventing Public Education, she said this. She said, my fear is that grades can be a smokescreen for serious holes in knowledge and skill. And that's not good. She said, the smoke will clear one day and kids will eventually, will see eventually that they don't have what they need if they've just been passed forward. That is a tragedy. We cannot turn our eyes from this. We cannot turn away from this. We have to absolutely see this as a critical struggle in our country for our kids. There's a lot of things that we talk about for our kids, a lot of things that we're worried about as far as what they are being taught in school with respect to uh, social agendas and other things. But we also have to make sure that they're learning math, science, and English. Maybe it's just that there is so much time being spent on all of the different other subjects going on in school, the uh, political agendas, agendas or agendas. Um, I've been educated. The political agendas, the conversations that we're now having at school boards, which is going to be on fire this year. I think the school boards, it's already warming up. And it's because you parents and parents like me, we've seen it. We have seen what has happened. I feel like during the COVID, the curtain was pulled back. And many of us, when we were sitting down with our kids, watching them do school and watching what's being taught, I think in most cases, you know, we were fine with it, right? In most cases, we felt like it's pretty good. Maybe that was good. But we also saw, oh, they're being taught some other things. We also saw some very terrible, terrible things. And this is really, really important. What do you do as you look at this school year coming up for your kids and grandkids? What are you doing to make sure that they're getting educated and not just graduated? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I think there's a lot of other distractions, not just in the schools. There's a lot that we can peel back when we get into what's going on in schools and the agendas for different things. And it's super important. But there's also the distraction of phones, of social media, of all of the entertainment that really has just developed in the past 10 years or so. Uh, social media wasn't even a thing, I think, 15 years ago, and there weren't any kids on it. The smartphone came out 2011 or 2012, and since then, things have gotten worse and worse and worse. What are some things that you do as a parent or a grandparent to make sure that your child is getting educated? Because I think that is another piece of it. So we can blame the schools and we can get frustrated with the politics and the, the leftist agenda, which is definitely part of the unions and part of other things. But parents also play a role. Uh, there's been some encouragement that I've had because of parents being called out uh, from different political leaders recently saying when they're talking about crime and they're talking about other stuff, but where are the parents? So mom and dad, and this is for me and Christy also, my wife, what are we doing to make sure that our children are actually getting educated? 
I think it matters tremendously that we're involved. You know, we, we, uh, my eighth grader now has a phone. My eighth grader has a phone. We have refused to get him a phone until last year. We felt like he, he's, a, he's in the ninth grade now. And so what do you do though with that phone? It's already a distraction just for the summer. And I finally figured out how to block it and I figured out how to turn it off. We went to a ball game a while ago and he's just on his phone doing stuff. And I'm sitting, we had these funny seats. We want some other people and we weren't sitting together. So the, the adults were sitting on one side of the aisle and the kids were our kids and their kids. They were sitting a couple of rows in front of us, but clear on the other side. So too far away to sort of shout or be involved. And uh, we looked down and, and my son is just on his phone. And so then I'm on my phone trying to figure out how to stop his phone. And I did it. I did it from the seat. And it was great watching him because you watch him suddenly notice that his phone is turned off. And he looks up and he starts punching and you can see the confusion come across his face, which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> he did, Actually, the great thing about this is James I'm talking about. The great thing about James is that he also thought it was wonderful because like, he didn't like it, but he knew it was right. And then he slowly turned his head over to look up at where I'm sitting and I'm just looking right at him. And uh, he smiled because he knew. It's like, no, no, we're here to be with friends. We're here to enjoy the ball game. We are here to experience something that is about America, right? This is about baseball. This is about friends. This is about relationships. It's one of the things that's great about baseball is you can go and you chat with the people that you go with. And I learned this and this was great. And so then I learned, hey, I can shut off his phone so he can't be on there all night. I can uh, keep it open for different times. It's probably too far, right? A whole nother argument is maybe I go too far with this, right? Is As a parent, where do I have to say, no, I've got to teach him responsibility with his time versus where do I say he's 14 years old and he hasn't built that in yet and I'm going to cut him off from being able to be distracted. What do you do to make sure your kids get educated? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Sheila in Inglewood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you doing today? I'm good, Sheila. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I couldn't resist calling your show about this subject that you're talking about right now. This is old, old news. You know, American public schools haven't been educating children for a long time. I Sadly, I am a product of... Um, the public schools, you know, I graduated in 1978 from high school. This is how far back I go. And, you know, I thought, you know, I knew all the proper grammar and the math and this and that. And then I married a man from Africa, another country, and he started correcting me on my grammar. Mm. And I was just blown away. And I was just shocked because I just knew that I, you know, I knew proper English grammar. And, uh, no, I was wrong. I wasn't embarrassed. I was opening I was open to learning, but uh, this this has happened. This has been going on for a long time in America. And as far as the parents, a lot of the parents they don't know better themselves because they were uh, uh, educated in these same public schools in America. I grew up in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So this is old old news. Yeah, I think you're right, Sheila. That that this has been going on a long time, and I think you're also right that part of the problem is we don't know we have a problem, right? Exactly. So you married a man from Africa who was English his first language there, or did he have to learn it uh, in his he, education? English was his, English was their second language, but they were made to be they were taught that in school. Yeah, all of them had to be taught English in school. You know, um, British uh, I guess English British language and yeah. American 
standard. But anyway, you know, he corrected me, and I, you know, I, I was kind of embarrassed at first. But then, you know, I was open to learning, and you know, uh, uh, I'm just I'm sad to hear this is continuing and happening in America. Yeah, we're not educating. We're not educating our children in, in some of these public schools. Do you think it's right and, to and, and to make a distinction? Given us these degrees, you know, these yeah. high school diplomas and thinking, you know, the cap and gown and all that the whole nine yards, and we're not being properly educated. I, you think it's right to say that? I, I like to say that we've become about graduation, but not education. Absolutely, that's why yeah. I called you because I love it, what you said. I totally agree on what you said. We're so busy graduating. Uh, children, we're not educating children. That's right. Hey, Sheila, I'm glad that you're open to, you were open to learning too, because I think that's a big part of it, is that whenever we find out we don't know something, the right attitude is to say, well, I want to learn that. Absolutely. I, I, I absolutely love your show. I listen to you every day. Well, Please keep up the good work, Pastor. Thank you, Sheila, and thanks for calling today. I appreciate it. 888-528-2557. What do you do to make sure that your kids or your grandkids or maybe kids that you are working with get actually educated? And I know there's a lot of teachers out there. Today might have been your first day and you're excited. You know, look at those kids and say, how can I make sure that I can filter out? It's hard as a teacher, right? It is. There's a whole lot of things outside of your control. Uh, The parents, number one, are outside of your control. That's a problem. The things that go on in the schools are outside of your control. And, you know, there's a lot of money in California schools. Where is it going? This is a man named Kevin McNamee who is uh, doing some consulting on uh, schools. And here's what he had to say. Oh, they need more money. Well, let's let's look at the numbers. Not the money. You take the average kid in California's public school system. They get $23,000 per year from kindergarten to 12th grade. $23,000 per year on average. I think some kids, you know, it's more you move around. But the average student in California, $23,000 a year per kid. Mm. Let's do some basic math here. If you take the typical class of 30 students times $23,000 per kid, the revenue for that class is $960,000 per year to run that class. Wow. 900 and almost a million dollars per classroom. That's what we're spending in California. A million a million dollars. It's a lot of money. But the teacher on average in California is paid $86,000. Why does a teacher only get that out of a million dollars? It's probably more expensive. You know, there's benefits and there's other things that go into that. But I'll bet that number is still probably $150,000, $160,000 per teacher out of that million dollars. That's all the teacher gets with the benefits and whatever else might be a part of that. And maybe I'm being generous or off by a little bit. But that means there's still maybe eight hundred, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars $850,000 per classroom. Where does that go? I want to know where the other $604,000 is going. That's what I said. That's what I just said. It's not making it to the classroom. It's not going to teacher's aides. It's not going to learning resources. It's going somewhere. And I think it's going to the administrators above who are overpaid and don't do much in the classroom itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the money, this money is not the solution here. Yeah. See, I think that's right. Money, because what we say often is we need more money. Or we say that we need to pay the teachers more. I think we need to pay the teachers more. I think we need to make it a profession that people want to go into even for the money. Like there's really good arguments for that, you know, or at least for a decent paycheck. You know, how do you live on $89,000 in California? It's tough. There's some other benefits. I know it helps. But it is, it is very hard. It should, be, it should be something important. But the thing is, is that the money is there. 
It's not that we need to raise taxes or we need another proposition and sell some bonds. The money is there. Where is the between, depending on what your statistics are, two hundred and or you know six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars per classroom? Where is that going? What? Who's getting that money? It's getting eaten up in the bureaucracy. It's getting eaten up everywhere else. This is something that I think, as citizens and as voters, as parents, as grandparents. We have to be asking those questions. We, we cannot just keep hearing. We keep hearing it for all the issues, right? How are we going to solve homelessness? Well, let's not change the policies that don't work. Let's instead just throw more money at it. Who's getting the billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, in homelessness uh, in, in all the money to reduce homelessness? Well, it's not the homeless people. It's not the families who need help. Where's it going? We have to stop throwing more money that we don't have at problems and look at the philosophy to look at all of the different agendas that are a part of it. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. Kyle in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm good. Kyle, how are you? Good. I was listening to the the subject of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was a teacher with LA Unified over 20 years ago Mm. at a high school, and I could definitely see what you're talking about. What's going on at the school is that the grades are being inflated. That's what's happening. Yeah. And you experienced it. What what did you teach? I taught science. You taught science. Did you have pressure 20 years ago to inflate your grades? Well, here's what happened. First year, I started teaching, and the uh, first time I had to give the report card out, I realized that uh, 65 75% of my students were failing. So I went to my department head. I told her what's going on, and she was one of the only department chair that stood for sticking with our standards, and I ended up giving like 60% Ds and Fs. Mm. But I know that with the other departments, they were all giving out A's and B's and C's. Yeah. To, to students that, that should not be getting those grades. And, um, you know, for the majority of students uh, I got, I realized that I had to spend most of my time teaching them reading and math. Right. And that is something that is going on. I'm going to have to take a break, Kyle. I appreciate your call, and thanks for teaching. And, and you know what? You you did those students a service. I know they hated getting those grades, probably, and you might have heard some negative stuff from parents. But the truth and reality oh, yeah. always helps. It's always the right thing. Yeah. And uh, appreciate yeah, and, and I did a Sure. All right, go ahead. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate your call. I got to go to a break. Uh, that is really important. All right, when we come back, we'll continue with uh, this discussion and also uh, other first day of school. What do you do to educate your your kids? 888-528-2557. And maybe some solutions for you to help uh, you as a parent stay on board with us and stay on track. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 
and you know, it's, it's, it's difficult being a parent now with so so much weight and so many obligations they are facing. Uh, you, I know my role with Jordan and the responsibilities that I have. Of you know, our children cannot be raised by social media. Uh, our children cannot uh, get their values, their beliefs uh, from social media and other uh, outside entities. And it's about being aware that the things that uh, my mother needed to raise me is different from the things that parents need today. Our children are being inundated by influencers, uh, by those who consider themselves to be credible messengers. This young man yesterday, he had... Uh, that is Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, and he was talking about um, the problems that kids have and urging parents to get involved with their kids. He talked about credible messengers. What happened is there was a riot last week in New York that was caused by a social media influencer. That's somebody who's just very popular in social media who said, I'm going to hand out free Game Boy or Game Boys, free Game Boys. Nobody knows what that is except for my people. Uh, he he uh, was going to hand out, uh, what's the new, the news, the PS5, PS5 and switches and things like that. Uh, and uh, there was this crazy riot. And he said, where are the parents? Why are all these people coming out for all of this? What do we do? It's first day of school, or school will be starting soon for your people. How do we get this done? 888-528-2557. What do you as a parent or a grandparent or a guardian do to make sure that your child is educated, not just graduated, that they actually get an education? 888-528-2557. Alex in Northridge, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, hey, Pastor Scott. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, first-time first time caller. Listener. We're going to give you the fanfare. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling, <laughs> Alex. Go ahead. I'm actually a first-time listener. Uh, I just wanted to say all these issues, you know, the the, educa- the, the schools, um, the homelessness, the crime, the um, all these issues. We have the power. We are the taxpayers. So, um, our politicians seem to be uh, careless and, you know, thinking that this, these aren't big issues. So we need to um, let them know that they are big issues and we need to protest with our taxes. I hear Joe Ro- I hear podcasts. I hear CNN. They're not really addressing this. We have the power. What I decided to do is I'm going to do I'm going to donate uh, money to my local church in hopes that they do develop a, ch- a school someday. And I'm going to write that off. I'm going to do a tax write-off because they're not going to get away with this with my tax money. They're not going to deteriorate society. They're not going to make crime allowable. They're not going to make the schools, you know, um, they're not going to miseducate or undereducate our children anymore. And homelessness is not going to, is, you know, it's, it's not, not, on, not on my dime. It's not going to happen with my dime. So I'm protesting, protesting by like I said, um, so you're going to give more to uh, churches or to nonprofits. Maybe you can give to, uh, you know, to uh, church schools, you know, so that they can receive more students, because if they get more students and that's something that's been happening is that means there's if you really want to take money away from the state uh, that that works if the student is going into private school. Yes, yes, and a lot of private schools they have scholarships. Um, yeah. If your kid, he wants, if you want better uh, education for your child, if your child uh, wants, you know, is I, I remember I went to Catholic school and I one strike, one fight, one, uh, you know, and you get get caught with something you shouldn't have, you're, you're kicked out of the school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I I like the schools that have conservative values that 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 not, that are worried about teaching science and math and not anything else. Um, and that's what I'm going to support. I, I go to Victory Outreach. 
Um, I they don't have a, a school set up yet, but hopefully, you know, we keep on donating, and the the, the, the parishers are. Is it their goal to uh, set up a church? That's what they've said. Yeah, they said that yeah. that they want to set up within set the next school. Um, five years. Yeah. Okay, yes, Alex. You what know you that's that's one thing. Make sure that you encourage people to uh, and parents though to also get involved because the whole school system. I think you're right. As taxpayers, we're really the boss. But as taxpayers, really for, what, 40 or 50 years, we've dropped the ball on this. This is not something that just happened yesterday. This is something that has been going on for a couple of generations now. And uh, we have got to stand up. And uh, thanks for calling, Alex. I appreciate it. And I think we also have to make sure we're not partisan about it. Because as soon as it becomes left and right, then it turns into my party's better than your party. And there, there might be all of that. But if it if it's partisan, it takes away from still what the kids, parents need to be on the same team when it comes to the education of their kids, when it comes to what kinds of things are your kids being indoctrinated, which often, which in education it is from the left. If you send your kid to a religious school, to a Christian school, you know, you're going to get indoctrinated from what that religion is. I send my kids to a Christian school and they get Bible class. And there's a lot of non-Christian kids at my kid's school and the parents know they're going to get Bible. And that's what, and it's up, they're upfront about it. The scary thing going on too in our schools is how many things are happening in the public school that's indoctrination the gender issues or sexual issues or different kinds of things versus the math, science, and English. So every parent needs to say, leave those things to me. Let me choose those things. You teach the English and the math and the science and those subjects and leave the uh, the philosoph- philosophical beliefs to me. By the way, at KKLA, we have something called uh, um, half-price tuition. If you go to kkla.com, there's still some half-price tuition available. If you went to, if your kid went to school today and the first thing they talked about was their new pronouns. Maybe it's a good time for you to go to kkla.com and click on the half price tuition. The way that works is if your kid is new to a Christian school uh, and it's one of our participating schools, KKLA will pay half the tuition for their first year. They got to be new in the school. It won't work if they're already in the school and you got to find a school near you. So what you near you. So what you do is you go to the website, click on it. And that's something that we do every year. And it really helps parents get started with uh, putting their kid in a Christian school, if that's something you decide. All right, so if you're if you're not doing that, and even if you are doing that, you know, how are you making sure as a parent that you or grandparent, if you're raising their kids, that you that your kids get educated and not just graduated? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Laura in Gardena, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. Hi, Laura. Uh, I'm. Hi, I'm calling because I'm a great-grandparent, and, and my great-grandchildren live with me and their mom. And um, I was very—okay, um, I made sure last year that I spoke with uh, the principal and the teacher uh, constantly because my granddaughter was uh, is experiencing reading deficiency. Mm. Uh, How old is in she? In terms of not— She's eight years old. Eight, okay. Okay. And so they um, they did a pullout. Uh, I asked for educate. I asked for uh, organizations that could help her outside of the school district because I feel like that would give a different um, uh, that would offer a different approach because mm. they uh, I feel like organizations outside of the school may actually. Um, you know, they teach give her reading. the help that she needs. 
right. Yeah. And then also we can, in the house, turn the TV off because I'm constantly saying that the mom is younger. So, you know, it's like, okay, TV should be off during the week, during when they, they're, you know, in school. Uh, and then also trying to encourage them verbally to know the importance of education and the urgency of it. Because when I try to help the eight-year-old and I say, let's, okay, let's turn off the TV, let's read, let's, you know, uh, she'll run away. No, 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 you know, mm. no. Uh, so now she's, is in, and I, I try to give a history about, you know, the fact that uh, at some point in history, we weren't even uh, able to read. We, reading was not even offered to us. Mm. So, you know, uh, and then how children of other countries, if they just had one piece of paper with something with, with writing on it, how they would approach it like it was a gift, like it was a treasure. Yeah. You know, so. I, I think those are great things to teach, the, that education is so valuable. I think we've lost that, right, that how critical and valuable education is. I think if, if you don't have it and suddenly you get it, you see that value. Mm-hmm. But I think that we're lost in the maybe we've taken it for granted and we're certainly distracted by TV that's not educational. And, and the other thing that I um, am concerned about is the fact that we are even though we're supposed to be an English language, uh, English language, we are not really English language. Uh, we are we are we are basically dual. But when um, the proposition was signed that we were English language uh, in the school system, uh, children that come from other countries they get a chance to be taught the English language. So mm-hmm. they are dual. Yeah. But the children that are English are not offered that. That is not a part of the curriculum. And I feel that it should be. And just the other day, on last Friday, they informed me that, oh, if we can get 20 parents to agree to having, uh, you know, uh, a, a dual language, you know, for English learners, um, I mean, for uh, for children that speak English, then it can happen. So that was good news. Now, whether or not that gets accomplished, I don't know. Maybe I might have yeah. to do a petition in front of the school to see and get a parents to sign up and, and see if that could happen. When you go to the school, uh, the teachers or the principal, how do you feel like you're received? Do you feel like uh, they listen to you? I feel like they listen because I do go to the meetings and I do express my concerns. Mm. And I did see my granddaughter, um, you know, improve in her reading abilities, but she's not where she needs to be to be a third grade. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Well, Laura, I appreciate so like, that. We're, and we're, I, I think it's encouraging to other people to hear that that you can go and there can be some improvement. I think you have to fight for your kids. I think that's what we mm-hmm. all have to do. Right. And and I think that there's a lot of educators who do want to educate, but they're buried in the bureaucracy or maybe they have agendas or they feel stuck. But they- Yes, and actually today as I was walking, I was praying for the teachers because I know that they they are the unsung heroes, you know? Yeah. They don't get enough attention for the work that they do. And, and they don't get so, the support so that, that they, they need to do the work they went into it for. Think, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said they don't get the support that they need, really, to do the work that most of them went into the business for. Right, because they have they have to do too much uh, discipline. So trying to discipline and teach and stay on schedule the other kids are affected by it. Yeah. Laura, I got to go to a break. I appreciate your call. Thank you for being a fighter for your granddaughter. Uh, Keep that up and keep them off the TV as best you can. 
Thank you. All right, Laura. She's got some great advice. And parents, don't be afraid to go in. I think that your your teachers, your administrators, they actually, most of the time, want to hear from you. Now, I know there's examples where they don't want to hear from you if you're going against certain ones with agendas, right? We're seeing that at the school board and stuff. But I think that there's a lot of teachers and principals and people who are hoping that parents will partner with them. It's a battle. It's not as clear as it used to be. And you might find yourself not getting a good response. That does happen sometimes. You still have to fight for those kids. I think that's a part of it. So we got to deal with the schools. We got to deal with the money. We know their problems. But at the same time, as parents, we have got to be um, involved in our kids' life. I got to take a break. I see your calls up there, uh, Michael and others. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be right back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 520,000 students, over 70,000 professionals. This is like the reawakening of the sleeping giant called LAUSD from its summer nap. And look, we are ready. We spent the summer preparing for this remarkable school year. It's a year of acceleration. Uh, We have before and after school programs, arts programs, dual language programs, high dosage tutoring, free breakfast and lunch and snack for every single kid critically important because we cannot teach the hungry kid. That is Alberto Carvalho, the LAUSD superintendent, talking about today, first day of school in L.A. School districts are opening up everywhere across the Southland uh, last week, this week, and next week. What do we do to make sure we educate our kids? There are so many different things, but by parents and grandparents, if you're a grandparent and you're raising kids, and 12% of you are, that's the statistic today, is 12% of grandparents are raising their grandkids. How do we make sure that we get involved with all the problems in the schools and all the different things and the politics and the left and right and all of that? What do we do to make sure our kids are getting educated and not just graduated where they graduate and they don't have good uh, a good education? 888-528-2557. Michael in Hollywood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Michael, you still there? All right, we lost Michael. 888-528-2557. LA Times reported uh, a couple of months ago when the numbers came out about the declines after the pandemic. And it's really bad. And the and the distressing thing in this article is it's about how many kids are getting A's, B's, and C's, but then when they test about proficiency in math and English and science and other courses, they test very, very poorly. And uh, since the uh, since the pandemic, where it got a lot worse, because kids aren't even in school at all, right? So whatever learning you might have been doing, so many kids weren't in at all, or you're watching it on the screen and not really paying attention or playing games, you know, somewhere else, uh, or not being able to engage. You know what? It uh, 72% across of students uh, tested in LA Unified. They didn't meet the standards in math, and about 58% of all students did not meet the standards in English. In the 11th grade, 81% of students did not meet math standards. The numbers were even more distressing for historically undeserved students. I'm reading from the LA Times. For Latinos, 85% of 11th graders did not meet standards in math. For black students, it was 89%. Meanwhile, 73% of 11th graders brought home A's, B's, and C's in math. So the grading doesn't mean education. And that is something that if I can coin a phrase that we all need to use, 
We need to stop being about graduation and be about education. What you learn, what you can actually take into the workplace, what you can actually take with you to get a job, to function, to communicate, to do the things that every human being has to do. We all have to have some kind of work, and we have to be able to have basic functions to do that. Not everybody's going to need a college education. Not everybody needs you know, a certain degree in certain things. Some people do for certain things. I certainly hope my doctor has a degree from a good medical school, and I hope that he got actual A's and didn't cheat or that they didn't puff up his grades somehow, right? You've got to worry about that, those kinds of things. What do they, uh, what do they, well, Jose, what do they call a... Uh, a doctor who uh, was the worst in his class and cheated just to graduate medical school. What do they call that doctor? You know what they call him? They, they call him doctor. Oh. Right? That's the scary thing right there, right? Is I've had that doctor before where I see the thing on the wall and I'm going, I don't think you did well in your, your class. 888-528-2557. What can we as parents and as grandparents do to make sure our kids are getting educated and not just graduated, 888-528-2557. David and Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, David. Um, I, just wanted, I just wanted to point out that there is a dual education system. Some kids from the very beginning, as soon as kindergarten, they're put on the college prep uh, course, while other kids are doing basic arithmetic still in eighth grade. Um, so you got to make sure that as soon as your kid is going into school, kindergarten, first grade, that he's um, on the path towards, uh, you know, college prep. Sometimes they disguise it. They put kids in AP classes while other kids are in, uh, in, uh, in you know, basic, you know, remedial classes. But you got to always make push for your, your kid to be in at least college prep classes. Um, also, there is uh, the bureaucracy, like you said, and tenure. Uh, some some teachers just sit there or even call off half of the year. There's a substitute teaching half of the year while, you know, they can't be fired because they have protection. There's the, 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 the unions and the bureaucracy protected are for the student or are for the teachers more than they are for the students sometimes. There are so many problems there. And I think what you're saying is echoing other callers. Thank you, David, for your call in that parents, we've got to be involved in kind of and know the system to know what's there. Some friends of ours, their child in the second grade, second grade, she was seven, was told in a, they, the parents were told in a parent teacher conference that their child was not college material. She's seven. She's seven years old. And uh, she's not, your child is not college material. And so therefore she wasn't going to get those classes. And they were actually told, you should prepare that your daughter is not going to go to college. She's seven, seven years old, you know? And of course they were outraged and they should be outraged. They took their kid out. They put their kid in a uh, private Christian school and their daughter now is going into the sixth grade and doing super well, for sure is college bound, right? What happened there? What happened is the intentional work of parents and the intentional uh, meaningfulness of teachers and not having a system. I don't know what that second grade teacher was about. Maybe they're just burdens. Maybe she had a quota to fill. Maybe they're just, you know, there's something going on where that happened. And I've always thought, it makes me so mad, that story. And I thought, how many parents were told your child is not college material? And they just said, oh, okay, yeah, he's kind of dumb. And didn't fight for their kids. 
you know, you got to fight for your kids. You got to you got to help them. You got to go outside. You know, we we should do a subject pretty soon on uh, on just reading and the whole deal with phonics and old reading methods that the statistics say work and the sight reading thing doesn't. I mean, part of the reason the reading scores are so bad is that we've known for a long time that often what we're teaching just doesn't work. And there's hybrids and there's other stuff now, but it doesn't work. You have to be able to how to sound out words and to do those things. And I think everybody knows. Remember, they used to be hooked on phonics. You used to go buy the thing. And uh, there was so much political money spent against groups like that. I don't get it, but that's the way it is. Uh, I just want to encourage you, whatever your situation, uh, it's not too late for your kid to learn and to get educated. Kids learn pretty fast. Kids turn it around pretty fast when they understand the value of education, when they understand that they're supported in their education. And it's okay if your kid is held back a year. You know, I think that needs to happen more often. We push people towards graduation just to get them out through the door or whatever, and then they're not ready. It's okay to graduate late and be more prepared for life than it is to graduate and not be prepared for life. It just, it is. And we've got to be okay with that. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure that a, a kid who's in that situation, maybe you were in that situation, it feels bad at the moment. And probably some kids make fun of you. It's probably socially not comfortable. But I'll tell you what, that'll, that'll pass. Later in your life, you will, you will be so grateful that you were held back if it was necessary and that you learned. And make sure that you learn. And even kids, if you're listening, Learning, I know it can be boring in a school, but it matters for life. It's it's about getting a job. It's about having a good family life. It's about so many things, just the basic education. Uh, pray for our schools and, you know, as and parents, you got to do what you got to do. And maybe it is time for you to uh, do homeschooling. And if you're interested in uh, Christian schools, kkla.com, we have half price tuition. You can still take advantage of that even for this fall. And uh, so go to kkla.com, pick a school if there's some available near your house and uh, check it out. KKLA will pay the first half, pay half of the tuition for the first year in a new Christian school uh, for your student. And if your kid came home today and they've got new pronouns or they came home and you've discovered they're in the eighth grade and they don't know what pronouns are, or maybe they're watching the news and they're thinking, I could make a pretty good living uh, ripping off the Nordstrom that uh, I'm seeing on the news. Uh, you know what? Maybe it's time to make a decision about their education. You can go to kkla.com, half-price tuition, make a decision about uh, homeschool or be involved, whatever school your kids are in, be connected, go talk to the teacher, go to the meetings, go to the school board, fight for your kid. It's completely worth it. This is the Pastor Scott Show. When we come back, I'm going to ask you this question. Are you going to use the palm reader at Whole Foods and Panera Bread that where you just pay with your right hand by scanning your right hand over it? That is available now. We'll talk about that as Hour 2 continues with the Pastor Scott Show. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.